Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guests are Jamie and Marla Keller. Jamie and Marla are bringing a new level of success in relationships to couples. They have a 97% success rate in keeping couples together and more passionate than ever, individuals and audiences worldwide with their unique Just Stop It and Be Cherished process. They became relationship coaches, licensed facilitators with Life Skills International in 1995. This changed their trajectory from a successful occupational therapy business in rural Arizona to a worldwide revolution in stopping the pain and embracing the cherish factor. They have been married for over 31 years and live in Boise, Idaho. They have two beautiful daughters, a son-in-law and a grand little with another one on the way. Jamie and Marla love adventure. They are the co-authors of How Men Make Women Crazy crazy and vice versa, forever after, how to get to peace and joy, embracing the cherish factor, and are featured coaches in the coaching documentary Leap, released in October of 2018. Now, if you're working on rebuilding your relationship after betrayal, you're going to love my next guests. Not only have they rebuilt their relationship, they've helped so many other people and couples do the same, creating an even stronger and better relationship than before. Get ready to be inspired. Here's Jamie and Marla. Okay, everybody, you're going to so love this conversation. We have Jamie and and Marla with us, Jamie and Marla Keller. And, you know, so often, you know, I'm all about betrayal and how to heal and how to heal what, what goes on. But we think that rebuilding is too hard, can't work this and that. Well, I have this power couple. I'm looking at these beautiful faces. They're going to be showing us just how possible and doable it is. So welcome, Jamie and Marla. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Dr. Debbie. It's so fun to be here. It is a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much. So let's just let's just dive in. I mean, everybody wants to know, uh, is it is it possible? Let's just start with, is it possible? <clears throat> well, let me tell you, absolutely. And it's not, I just put, put a post up on Facebook today. It's not simple. It's not easy. And it hurts like hell. Mm-hmm but it is also very worth it. And it's a, it's a choice. We both had to make the choice. We have been through betrayal. That's mm-hmm. why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And we both had to make this choice of let's figure this out because, well, we love each other for one, for two, we have these beautiful children and for three, well, it's, we, we believe it's worth it. Well, the, people don't realize the cost of starting over, but, but, but the first thing I want people to know is it is fixable. We look for three things from our clients and we can tell in the very first session, is this fixable or not? Um, And it's basic, it's very simple. Did you have head over heels love ever in your relationship? Are you you willing to forgive? Mm -hmm. Right? Because that's, and not not just your partner, you gotta forgive everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's the the choice to forgive, It's a choice, yeah, you have to be willing willing to choose forgiveness. And you have to give us 15 minutes a day of your own personal work. If you're willing to do those three things, anything is fixable. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's so interesting because I've had two betrayals, my family betrayal and then and then my husband. And I have to tell you, I've, I've done the work to heal from both and Healing and rebuilding is a completely different 
yes. scenario oh, yeah. than yes. than sort of forgiving, moving on, saying, okay, you know what? Uh, listen, I, I forgive you and have a nice life. Then rebuilding with that person who hurt you. So let's dive into that a little bit. Okay. Tell us some of the things that you you know you had to do. What what was it that that kept you uh, trying and saying, okay, you know what? I think if I can manage this, I could really this could really be something good. For me, I had to really focus on changing my uh, my neural pathways, my pattern. My when I would get triggered, I would always go down a specific road, and I would end up. For me, generally, uh, I would end up being. Uh, I'm the controller in the relationship. I'm the identified controller, right? And I would end up getting very angry and at times raging. Mm -hmm. And so I personally had to daily, this was, this was at the beginning. I would daily dive into my journaling time. I would do prayer meditation daily. And I swear uh, multiple times a day, many of those days when I was just instead of one, instead of laying on the floor in the fetal position saying, wait a minute, I have a choice here. Mm -hmm. So it's this daily work of the prayer meditation throughout the day, canceling out the triggers, you know, using for me, uh, what we learned in 87 is using a double word to cancel out the triggers. So we would use, I would use, I use cancel, cancel, because mm -hmm. that's what we learned. So I'd be like, wait a minute, cancel, cancel. But I couldn't just cancel it out. I had to move it through my body, the feelings. I had to know what I was feeling, move it through my body. That was, oh, that was tough because I thought I was good at feelings, but guess what? When we learned about feelings, it was like, oh, wow, I knew good, bad, whatever, but not the real feelings. Moving those out of my body made such a big difference. That's so huge. And, and I, I love that you said, said that because so often we numb, avoid, distract from something oh, that's yes. so painful to feel or face. I mean, that's why we're reaching yeah. for food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior. This stuff is hard, yes. right? Yes. And, yes. And, and I use this analogy. It's almost like if you've ever had that like sort of messy room, garage, whatever, you avoid that thing at all costs. You just don't want to go in. Right. And, and you think it's not vying for your attention. Oh, but it is right. And then there's oh, that yeah. one day where you're like, that's it. I'm going in mm -hmm. and you grab your garbage bags and, and think about what happens. It's actually a lot worse at first because now you have stuff all over the place. I'll donate this. I'll toss this. I'll get rid of this. And it's, and it, but you stay with it. You're like, okay, I'm going to donate, toss this. And then you put back what's left. And now you can appreciate and admire that space. And you can only get there because you dove in and, and did the work. And it sounds like that was what you, you know, what you did to get mm -hmm. to the place of where you were. So Jamie, let's talk about you. What, what did you have to do? Because it, it takes a lot on your end as well. Yeah. And I was mystified by my behavior. And I think most cheaters are. I do. I think, I think most cheaters are like, Oh, wait a minute. What just happened? Why am I, why am I doing this? This is crazy. Why am I, why am I here? And, and I, and I was, I was totally mystified. I had everything I ever wanted. I had, you know, oh, and I just didn't understand it. And so what I think ultimately we, I had to do is I had to find the shadow values. See, we all have values that we live by. Right. And, and we say, okay, yeah, I, I live by accountability and honesty and, and love. Right. And, and, and this shadow value, we all have them. And it all has to do with comfort, right? Mm -hmm. And how we survived the traumas in our lives. 
Um, And so, you know, the truth is, if you're not working on your trauma, and every single person has this, I don't care how perfect your family was. I don't, matter of fact, that is actually a clue. If your family was perfect, you have a really high standard to live up to. (laughs) That was my family. (laughs) Right. You know, and so by by identifying, like, wait a minute, this value of disconnect, what you talked about, Mm -hmm. running away from the, the, you know, the mess, Mm -hmm. um, you know, dissociation, um, we all do it. And most of us have no clue that Mm -hmm. we do it. And that's where my bad decisions were coming from. Mm -hmm. I was valuing the the de-stress, right, getting out of it, Mm -hmm. dissociating from the stress. Mm -hmm. And I was valuing that. And in that state, I made really bad decisions. And, you know, I, I, I love that you said that because there are so many people who've been betrayed listening to this show and they really, it's so important. And I, and I really want you to, to explain how it was your choice to disassociate. And, and that's when you made these behaviors and these, you made these decisions and someone who's been betrayed personalizes it saying it it was about me. If yes. only I did this, if only I said this, if only I looked more this way Always. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Jamie, can you go down that road a little bit more about, because there are so many people who are thinking it's, who are thinking it's about them. Right. Here's the thing. You, 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 we call it the key dagger. So there's a key dagger in every relationship um, on our feeling wheel, which is on our, website, jamieandmarla.love. Jamie is just with an I, by the way. I don't have an E on it, so it's J-A-M-I. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but on our feeling wheel, and, the, and the, there's six feelings around the middle, and um, the top three are abandoned, fear, and control. Mm-hmm. And, Mar- and Marla was ad- identified as a controller, and I was identified as the abandoned, but that was easy. I walked away. She you know, wanted to have control. Um, but also, we switch. Mm-hmm. And here's the magic. You don't have to control me or abandon me, I just have to be afraid that you will. Mm. And I'm already down the road. Mm-hmm. And so we, so we marry someone within five points of IQ and with a matching emotional issue. And that matching emotional issue is a great gift if you can use the key. And it's not the same emotional issue. It just happens to completely glo- hand in glove. It's my stuff, his stuff, and the triggering points. And when Jamie disassociated, when he disconnected, when he chose to step back, he could be standing right there and he'd be completely like gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he did that, it was like, wait, where'd you go? What's happening? Let's resolve this. And he's like more moving back. And so your dissociation was such a big part of, uh, like you said, you made the choice to dissociate. I made the choice to control. So now I, I want to make sure everybody understands this. And actually, I want to make sure I understand it even a little bit more. So what you're saying is, is what you're saying, if that's your, uh, your behavior, are, are you saying that, like, let's say, Jamie, you disassociated and, and Marla, you kind of knew that was his style. So if he just gave the slightest little bit of hint mm-hmm. of that, you, okay. So then it's, it's really like a conditioned belief. Like yes. once you, once you, felt it coming you kind of magnified it you know it's so funny i have four kids i'll I'll never forget this just reminds me it's like (laughs) such a silly kind of off-topic thing but he the uh, along the same lines of this conditioned belief he didn't like my cooking he just didn't like my cooking and i'll never forget he was like must maybe 
four or five years old. And he came into the kitchen and he said, just like this, in one sentence, what are you making? I don't like it. I was like, I didn't. I didn't even say it. You know, great example. Had, That's it. That's a great <laughs> example. Let me, let me expand on that. Okay, here's the thing. He made up a story to support his unresolved feeling. Right. Right. So he made this. And that's what happens in every couple, by the way, especially when you confront these traumas, you get you get to the place where your story becomes more important than the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that story is defeating you. Mm -hmm. That's one of the magic parts of our process is we we say your story is important. We want to hear it. But let's start with the core issues, because if we start with the story and this is why counseling can be such a. The problem is because we, I mean, when we first started coaching, we went, we, we ran out of clients and we're like, well, man, we went through like 12 clients in three months and they're all done and gone and good. And we, so we started asking some of our counseling friends and they said, oh yeah, I've had clients for 15 years. You know, it's so funny you say that. I, I used to always tell people I have a high turnover, but high referral, you know, it's yeah. like, right, right. <laughs> but steady. yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's the beauty. I mean, yes. who, who wants to be a lifetime, uh, student here exactly. as you want to heal and move on. I mean, there's, there's life waiting, but there really comes that time where we have to, although it's a very powerful story and we get mm -hmm. a lot of sympathy from it and we get a lot of benefit from hanging on to it, the small self benefits, our yeah. story is so much more powerful if we're willing to let that yeah. go. So what was the, so what was the first thing that you, the two of you had to do to say, okay, you know what, although we have, you know, we have our stories here, we could have a, a way better story if we do something with it. What'd you do? Oh, the coolest, we were taught the coolest tool. We were, it, someone recommended us go, Are actually one of our main counselors, he recommended us to go to Recovering Couples Anonymous. Mm -hmm. Great program. Um, you know, the AA model is a, a good model for some things. And so for mm -hmm. us, this model was really good for us for the beginning of our recovery. And we learned something called check-in. Mm -hmm. And this check-in was using specific instances with specific feelings, mm -hmm. three, and, and then the third part is whatever, like this is my boundary or whatever, but it was learning this tool of this happened, I'm feeling sad, overwhelmed, and confused. Mm -hmm. Instead mm -hmm. of telling the story or keeping whatever that looks like, more words on it, we were able to go right to the feelings. Mm -hmm. And that feeling identification when I, so in check-in, one person goes, they do three of them, end on a positive. Then the other person goes, they end on a positive. And then you take 15 minutes to not talk. For when Jamie and I, when we learned this, it was like, oh, okay, this is really important. All I ever really wanted, and Jamie too, I think, and he'd have to say that, but is I wanted to know what was going on in his heart. Mm -hmm. I didn't need all the words. And he right. didn't need all the words. I just wanted to know what was really going on with him. And it, I tell you what, you can conversation of how bad I'm feeling can immediately be be heard and understood, if not resolved, but heard and understood with those three feeling words. If I tell you that I'm feeling icky and you say, well, what does that mean? And I say, oh, I'm feeling helpless and insecure and embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You know better way what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So when we started to do that, we started, we learned this and I would, you know, it was right after the betrayal. And so I was very angry and very, every once in a while, probably about every two or three days, 
I would end up moving into rage because mm-hmm. I just, it was, I felt so incredibly helpless. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was all my fault. If I would have just been more beautiful, if I would have just been um, smarter, if I had just been whatever, or just blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was this tool that I could put into words what was really going on in my soul. I love that because we want to be heard. We want to be understood. And we, we want to know that the other person is, is willing to hear us. Willingness is, I mean, I just think that is the hugest word when it comes to all this, because we don't have to be willing to do anything, but then we don't, you know, with that, there's no, there's no rebuild. How did you rebuild trust? Because this is such a huge question I get all the time. Yeah. yeah. Trust is, trust is hard mm-hmm. and, and, and it takes work and it takes consistent work. Right. And you have to, and you have to, and so what you just said is really important about rebuilding trust, actually willingness. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so one of the things that doesn't, that people don't do in relationship. And I think it's, well, you know, what happens is when in monogamy, our relationship becomes, it's not any more sophisticated. It's just way more dangerous the longer it goes because our partner is our, our biggest mirror, right? So we have to be willing to hear our partner's truth Mm -hmm. and let it be real without judgment, right? So that they can feel free to bring it. If not, then that, then there's always going to be kind of a cloak and dagger, right? In that relationship. And And, trust can't be. And trust can't be rebuilt. So Mm -hmm. establishing that, trust has to have the firm foundation Mm-hmm. of that willingness together to confront whatever it takes. So that means you have, you might have to hear things that you don't want to hear. On well, both sides. Was, yeah, both that sides. was definitely for us, that trust building. There were things that neither one of us really wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. These these silent agreements we had made from the time we were, you know, we got married at 20, from the time we were first married. These are our mm-hmm. silent agreements. That obviously didn't serve us well at all. You know, I'll be the more, pa- I'll be the passive aggressive. You be the, you be the abandoner. I'll be the, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So for trust to rebuild, we had to start having these honest conversations about what's really going on. And I have to be truthful here. It took a, for me, it took about two years for trust to be rebuilt mm-hmm. and that was okay. And it was growing along the way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like no trust, trust. Right. It was. Oh, he's speaking the truth. He's speaking with integrity. He's speaking truth to other people in my presence. He's on the phone. He's speaking his truth. He's, he's constantly being in that space of full integrity and truth. And as I watched that, that's what mattered for me. You, you know, and, and I look at it like a, like a brick wall. That brick wall can take decades to build. It's yeah. shattered in a moment. And yeah. what's the only way it can be rebuilt? Brick by brick by brick. Yeah, and brick. Every single exchange, every time, let's say Jamie said something that reassured you, or every time he, uh, you know, you got triggered and he showed up the way you needed to, it's a brick. It's another yeah, brick in that wall. Yeah. And that's how trust is rebuilt. And and it can't be rushed, just like I believe forgiveness can't be oh, rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about forgiveness. What is it? How do you do? Yeah, because that's a it's a word until you have to do it. It is a word until you have to do it. <laughs> well, right? what, we, what we say about forgiveness is that it is a choice first. And no, you can't rush it, mm-hmm. but you can't put it off either. And wherever you are, 
right? And, and I think the big thing, and it's so crazy, as often as we say this, it's still important to restate, forgiveness is for you, not for the other person. Mm-hmm. You never even have to tell the other person that you forgive them. But if you don't forgive them, it's like drinking poison and hoping that somebody else will die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said a minute ago, every word we speak is a brick. And where you're putting those bricks is either around the relationship or in between the relationship. Mm. And so being careful about what you say to yourself about other people, especially around this idea of forgiveness. Forgiveness does not make it okay. It does not allow you to be abused. It does not reinforce the negative behaviors. It is the very first step of a new boundary. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it's, and forgiveness is in our culture, totally neglected because people don't know what full forgiveness really looks like. And that's the magic, one of the magic things in our process is it really has about 10 parts. And we don't even have time today to go over it all. But there's a lot of magic that you have, and and Brene Brown's research will validate all that we have to say here. One of them is you have to acknowledge the feelings and let them be real, whatever the hurt, betrayal, whatever is lost, stolen, broken, or neglected. Mm You have to acknowledge it and really let the feelings be real so that you can forgive them. And, you know, I remember in, in my research about forgiveness, it was a huge part of it because it was, you know, here was a dissertation all about betrayal. Yeah. And and when I remember reading about the if-then rule, and it was so interesting. It was like if you do not, and I'm talking about when you forgive and rebuild, if you right. do not feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel worse. Yes. If you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel better. So right. it's where, really- Where do you get safe and valued from though? Where do you really get that from? You get it from yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. depend on getting that from anybody else because if you do, if you make your partner into that person, into your savior, right, right, you're going to be disappointed. And but I think it's really when we're forgiving because we want to keep the peace. When we're forgiving yeah, because right. we're scared. When we're forgiving because of whatever reason yeah. isn't about be- us. Yeah, it can't be that flippant, I forgive you. That's not forgiveness. Sweep it under the rug, whatever that looks like, because I'm just, okay, I forgive you. And then putting it in this box over here that someday is going to spill over and and toxicity on top of my head and I'm going to drown in it. And so you are absolutely right with that. So what what did forgiveness feel like for both of you? Walk us through it. Oh, well... Like the before we, forgiveness and the after forgiveness. What, when yes, you forgive, yes, yes. what did well, like, yeah. well, yes, to be, that's very pointed. Yes. So before I felt, uh, well, that, that overwhelming sense of shame that I wasn't enough, this, the overwhelming sense of hostility, uh, and as well as this really deep abandonment of my, you know, here's this person that I'm, in love with and we're supposed to be loving each other and connecting with each other and, and honoring and respecting. So I felt exceptionally disrespected. Mm-hmm. And so that was before forgiveness with the work of forgiveness and it's layers. It's, you know, you used to say layers of the onion. We actually say layers of the peony opening because mm. it's like this and it's in a ball and tight and then it opens one petal at a time. So one petal at a time, I would move towards feeling more feelings of being loved feelings of being cherished, 
feelings of being worthy. Then that was actually more important than any of the rest of them was that I was worthy. No matter what Jamie chose, I was worthy. Mm. And, you know, and I love you. I love that you said that because it's so true. Forgiveness is in layers. You know, I, I guess I was expecting this one big grand, ta-da, you know, <laughs> no, always that, forgiven. That's the problem. Yeah. People think that forgiveness is one <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Right. No, forgiveness is a lifestyle. And, and I think, and it's way more than we could ever expect. I, you know, I, <laughs> So you asked what it felt like. Yeah, I want to know from you too, what did it feel like? The number one feeling, and the first thing I felt, and this is the number one thing that all, at the first session, our clients say, I feel relieved. Mm. Like a weight's mm. been off my shoulder. And for me, I was no longer the most hated boy, right? I, I didn't have to own that title anymore. I didn't have to be, I didn't have to live out that, that destiny. And it was so subtle in my life, right? My dad was very abusive, you know, raging at me consistently in my whole life mm -hmm. and gave me the message that I should expect to be hated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, right. uh, that's, that there is, that speaks to self-forgiveness, you know, really yeah. forgiving yourself there. And there's there's, it's not just a mental and emotional thing. It's, it's like a physical relief and it is. Yes. yes. Yeah. People say their shoulders, shoulders literally light. straighten and they sit up straight and they say, mm -hmm. wow, I feel so relieved. You know, something <laughs> that was really, really powerful for me to understand, because like you said, blaming myself, I'm not, I wasn't enough or I was too much, mm -hmm. was that when Jamie was able to say, to, when he came to the realization of it was because you loved me so much, I did not feel worthy of your love. And so I was going to do everything, not consciously, but everything in my power to prove I was unlovable. And that is so important. Any of you out there listening that you, first of all, you're blaming yourself and you think that, you know, that your partner, they, it was about you or it was about something around, you know, you not being whatever it, he didn't feel worthy of the love. And, and I just want, I want to stress that even more because I know I have listeners who are like, Do, can people really change? And I know personally, I, there isn't a cell of me of the, the old version of me. That's how transformation is possible. And with my husband too. And that's yeah. why rebuilding is possible with my family betrayal. You know, there was no change on that side. So, you know, you heal and, and you move on, but rebuilding is clearly possible and you're you're yeah. such living examples of that what do you what do you see so clearly now because of what you've experienced oh well first of all the work never stopped right you have you, you can't just coast it was a huge lesson for me right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and writing my book that's getting ready to come out about the abuse i went through and and then my uh, my affairs um, it, you know, I was kind of feeling like I was the expert, right? And talk about a lesson of humility because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was all re-triggering, right? And, and you think, oh, I've resolved all this. The truth is you have to keep doing the work. And it's not hard. It just requires accountability and consistency. You need to be consistent about this mm -hmm. because life sneaks up on you. And like you said, there's not a shred in any cell of your DNA, of the old stuff, mm -hmm. and yet there's an empty spot sometimes, and we have to work on filling that DNA with the right messages and the right kinds of things so that we can live into the, the values that we claim. 
Mm. And yeah. Marla, I want to hear from you too. What's your take on that? You know, really, truly, the the sense of freedom, this this really empowering freedom that says, it's so it's it's so whatever he decides from this point forward, whatever he chooses, is not first and foremost my responsibility, and secondly, it's it I'm I am going to be fan, worthy and loved and valuable and cherished because I have the freedom that's not tied to him loving me or somebody else loving me. It's about me loving me. You know, and I say it all the time, how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And sometimes it takes absolutely everything we know to crash and burn. And if we choose to rebuild, it's always a choice. But if we choose to, we could build something so strong, so powerful, so magnificent. And you both are such examples of that. What do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? (laughs) Most, very most importantly, is that you are worthy. Yeah. You are loved, you are valuable, you are cherished, no matter what. And all of those things are not dependent on your partner. They are not your savior. You are not their savior. It's, it is the, the very best thing you can do is invest in that relationship and see what happens with it. See what growth happens in you. What growth happens in them is on their side of the street. And if it works, when it works, awesome, freedom, excitement, move forward, celebrate, keep going that direction, keep moving, keep growing. If it doesn't work, you are not a failure Beautiful. because it wasn't about you. Yeah, well it wasn't about you. I, that's what I say. Even though it was done to you, it wasn't about you. Perfect. Jamie, what about you? What do you want to make sure everyone knows? Well, don't think that you're doing the work when you're not. Okay. Oh, I love that. What do you mean by that? Well, because people think, oh, I read this book or I did this or, you know, whatever. If you're not in an ongoing, accountable, connected relationship where you bring your very worst consistently, you are not doing the work. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime that we coast, anytime that we think that we've done it, that's, that's what, you know what the most common response is when we say we're going to do some forgiveness work? People say, oh, I've already done that. Mm. And that's my first clue that I know that somebody has not, has no idea what forgiveness actually is because it is never done. Mm-hmm. It is, it, you have to constantly revisit it and not, not, in, it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take, it's just knowing how to, when, when you get confronted, cause you're going to get, like you said, there's not a shred in your DNA left. Right. But, but you are confronted with those old things. Mm-hmm. They come back at you. Cause it's almost like, I don't know. It's some kind of magic in the universe, right? That brings us that stuff. And it's, it's like the trigger point. But it's right. but it's so that we can grow. And like you say, the biggest trauma is our biggest gift. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. You know, my family life brought me the biggest gifts in personal awareness. Our our recovery has given, you know, from the trauma that we've had has given me the biggest gifts, right? In in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best one being our grandbaby. Oh, grandbabies, you guys look too way too young. You know, and, and, and I want everybody to know I'm I'm looking at them. You only you only get them by audio, but I'm watching them and you feel the love between you two. Mm. You feel the work that you've done. And I'm I'm so 
uh, grateful that you you've taken your trauma and done and and you've done such great work with it because um, healing is possible. Uh, I'm living proof. You're living proof. Yes, it is the most grueling work you'll ever you'll ever do. It's, it's messy. Most satisfying. It's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but if you're willing to, again, willingness is that big yeah. word there. If you're willing to, you can have something so incredible. So, how do we learn more about you? Where do we go? Jamie and Marla dot love. J A M I. A-N-D-M-A-R-L-A dot love. Perfect. And you can find us on Facebook. Our, we are also known as Passion Provokers. And so we have on Facebook, we have our Jamie and Marla Love Provoking Passion. And then we have our Passion Provokers page. So you can find us there too. So we're, we're, we're kind of we're easy to here find. or there or if, wherever if you, you want to find well, us. You'll find us. <laughs> and I'm going to, everybody, if it's, uh, I'm going to bring them into the PBT community. So you heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank Welcome. you so much. Thank you so much. I know you helped so many people with what you shared today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for this time. So many helpful nuggets shared by that dynamic duo. And I love how they talked about the three things you need in order to rebuild love, a willingness to forgive, and 15 minutes a day to check in in a way that you both feel heard and acknowledged. Stay in touch with Jamie and Marla by going to jamieandmarla.love. And we'll have all of their information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Your partner is your biggest mirror showing you how you're showing up and how forgiveness is a lifestyle. It takes a daily consistent decision to rebuild. And while it's hard, it's worth it. So what should you do now? Well, if you haven't already, be sure to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And doors are now open to the all new PBT membership community. Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community support, certified coaches and practitioners you can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. I'm so excited to welcome you. Go to the pbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.